0: and we will fix you. We join you refreshed from our re-educative trip to the Chipping Norton Contraceptive Testing Centre. Oh, golly, we did some testing and we were re-educated, good and proper.
1: I have, to a reasonable approximation, the same number of arms that I had last week.
0: That, for those of you who may have lost track, is Mr Dave Convery, the Finder General. Good evening. And Ms Lucy Boys who is not a dermatologist, but is happy to take a look. I will. And I am Roger Hart, hand tapered by mighty artisans. Perhaps in our brief absence, you have built up malaises and maladies into which you would like us to inquire. If so, if you would like to be fixed, do contact We will Fix you Show at gmail.com. Now, this evening, We have a rather practical problem. A listener writes, hello trusted companions. I write to you having come to the end of my tether. This morning a douche, I mean recruiter, rang me twice. Having not answered, he went on to text me saying, urgent, please call ASAP. As somebody who is inexplicably nervous 100% of the time, a text like this opens the floodgates of panic and hysteria. On a daily basis, sad graduates, reluctantly working for lizard people-owned companies, are forced to call little old me to sell me services I have no interest in, often from an unknown number, rendering them unblockable. How should I deal with these calls? Yours, Hans Moldman. If I may. Please. This is another problem I've, I've had massively myself. I used to find cold calls a lot more annoying until I sort of worked briefly in an organization that did some telesales. Um. Not quite cold calling. I'd sort of call it lukewarm or room-temperature calling Mm. organisation I worked for, which would pick up sort of fairly limp sales leads, but still consensual. Download something, and then you'd get a follow-up call. And interacting with some of those salespeople, I sort of found out... that that, that, This was business-to-business, so it's a little different. Sort of understood a bit more of the process, realised that the people doing it weren't monsters, realised that some of the people on the end of the phone genuinely did sometimes want these things. But also just how much... um, People like talking about their shit. So if you get a sort of lukewarm sales call, it's going to be reasonably engaged. Someone's going to actually try and chat you. It's kind of non-malicious. And the people on the other end of the phone aren't monsters. This doesn't really help us with the whole problem of you don't want to take the calls. But I've also, as a product manager, done um, win-loss calls. And you go into those knowing what to expect. You know that win-loss calling is kind of... If someone's decided not to buy your product, you kind of want to know why. So you call a bunch of people. Generally, because they don't want to buy your product, they don't want to talk to you. So you go into those calls knowing that you're going to get turned down, usually politely, sometimes perfunctorily, sometimes someone's going to be angry about it. And the thing about that is that I realized, unless it's like your absolute first day, people walk into this with their eyes open. People making cold or warmish calls... You don't have to feel too sorry for them, don't be shitty to them, I'm gonna come to this, but like, they've made a bunch of decisions and they are, broadly speaking, prepared for the fact that you might hang up on them, for the fact that you might be a bit terse, for the fact that you might be a bit not interested. You don't have to worry about disappointing them. This is if you do answer the phone. Now the problem of getting called is slightly different. I'm gonna try and take in a little of that. The legitimate people I feel you can probably afford to be terse with, politely to us and that's kind of no one's gonna mind. It's fine. They've made their peace with that, you've made your peace with it. Business to customer is a bit different and explicit scams are a bit different. Those are more predatory. And so I tend to think that between people doing it sort of with their eyes open, albeit maybe in a power dynamic situation where they don't have many other job options, depending on how shit it is, between it being a bit more predatory or occasionally an actual scam and them kind of sort of knowing to expect a bit of terseness. I think if you want to, you can afford to be a bit more playful, but I would again still advise kindness. So for me it comes down to a couple of um, things, like what problem are you trying to solve? Do you want to feel better? Do you want to not get called again? Do you want to have some fun? Is it a repeated thing and you want to get one over on them, or like if they're a scammer or something? And there's, there's a few things to consider. If you want to feel better or have some fun, well, I've got some daft suggestions in a minute. But if you want to stop getting called, the, the, the most important thing you can do is just say, please remove me from your call list. It won't always work, but it ought to. And if it happens repeatedly, then you can always place a complaint with I think it's the ICO, the Information Commissioner's Office in the UK. Um, there are call suppression lists. There are regulations. The rules on cold calling got <laughs> tightened up a couple of years ago. So if there are sort of repeated issues, you can potentially attempt to escalate that.
2: Presumably because everyone was sick of this shit. Yeah.
0: But if you if you just want to kind of get the call over with and transact it reasonably politely there's a few things you could ask bearing in mind that these people aren't monsters and also they're probably having a terrible time if it's business to consumer they're probably having a terrible time they're probably not very well paid and not very happy if it's business to business they might be doing a bit better if they're scammers who cares um so one of the things you might want to do is kind of ask what they're being measured on before you fuck with them like for example if you can be bothered taking the call. but I'm not really interested in that, but look, are you, are you measured on number of dials or call time? Because I'm happy to just leave this as dead air for five minutes if it helps you. <laughs> or,
2: if they're measured on call time and call recording quality, that might yeah. be an issue. But...
0: Maybe the kindest of thing you can do is get it over over the most quickly, because a lot of people might have bad metrics, so they might be looking at number of dials. It, it could be...
2: Number of dials incentivizes many shitty calls. Yeah. So... You could you could ask
0: you know look I'm sorry I'm not really interested in this. Um, rather than you waste your time going through the script, do you want to just like move on, or do you want to I can I can play some whole music at you? you could, there is there's potentially a kindness version where you look at how shitty these people's lives are and ask them if you can help, but you don't really owe them anything either and you don't have to be there.
2: That takes a lot of emotional outreach. Free teletherapist. Yeah, if you've got the bandwidth to do that and you feel like you want to give on back to the universe, sure.
0: My method personally for dealing with this, and it somewhat helps with the fear of answering, because I've got a script and it's a terse script and I don't feel bad about hanging up after it is, I'm sorry, I'm not really interested in buying that over the phone, could you please remove me from your call lists? Take a breath and hang up. I don't tend to let them say anything afterwards unless it's fairly obviously kind of weird
2: or there's something going on. Oh, you I can s- also you can be more specific here. So, for instance, I had a call from a Honda dealership. Mm. I used to drive a Honda. Mm. They were like, "Let us sell you a new Honda." I was like, mm. "One, don't have one anymore. Two, probably not going to buy one anytime soon." That's you know, that's decent information yeah. for them. I can help exactly. them in that small way.
0: If it's more specific, it's usefully specific. If it's because that was sort of coldish, like mm.
2: tepid, I guess mm.
0: they had a, they've got a reason to call. There's a existing interaction. Then yeah, maybe you don't own. Yes, anything, exactly. But you they could have a.
2: They used to service my old car. They've mm. got my number. It's. I still feel shitty that they put me on that list but I understand that in some businesses that is what they consider Mm -hmm. legit practice.
0: I always stress not interested in buying that over the phone Mm -hmm. on the off chance that they have a product manager or someone operating, optimising their sales process who does pay attention to call recording Push
2: it to web, push it all to web
0: Yeah, eventually realise don't do this so that's my disappointingly sensible answer is if you've got the time and the emotional energy show some empathy and you know whatever Mm -hmm. ask if you can help that's not what people came here for though I don't think So, yes, actually, I'm sorry, I'm not really interested in buying that over the phone. Please remove me from your call lists. Have a lovely day. Alternatively, as someone might ask, is that so-and-so or can I speak to so-and-so? Pause for a little, a little catch in your throat. Um, no, you can't. I'm afraid they passed away about six days ago.
2: Oh, that's a really good length of time. Raw but not too raw. Yeah.
0: A little bit more is fine, a little bit less. The about maybe might be a bit wafty, but the Mm. the key is is the pause being startled, the slight catch in the throat, don't lay it on too hard. You've had time to process it. You're grieving, you're upset, but you're not like, it's not they just died. Grandpa hasn't just had a heart attack. This is, I'm tying up the loose ends, I'm a bit upset. Mm. Because in general, a lot of call centre operatives won't have a script for handling that. They Mm. won't move to objection handling. They'll just—they'll feel awkward. They'll want to hang up, but they will absolutely remove you from their call list.
2: Number one thing to remember: no one wants to talk to grieving people. Yes, literally no one. No one one ever
0: does. No, it's awkward and it's weird. So if you someone died,
2: jeez, you might catch it.
0: If you really want to get off the call list, just try that. Try, I'm sorry, person deceased a few days ago, and they will probably take you off the list. Other things you could say if you're feeling a little, um, a little more cantankerous, you could start your own sales call. This is a lot of work, and it probably doesn't solve the problem of not wanting to take the call, but it could be fun. Pick something legit, or go weird. Like standard, standard call scripts will start with questions. Mm. Um, so you might want to think about objection handling as well. So. For example, you could take a little time out of your day, I don't totally recommend this, and go and learn about some basic call center management software, Accord or Vocal or Salesforce probably have something, mm. and just, oh, yeah, I'm so glad you called. Um, so, like, do you do you have any needs around call center management or call handling software? And just, you could just try and conduct a, a sales call. It'll be kind of weird, but it might be funny. One, one tip I encountered in, in, I think it was a Guardian article was... Um, Pretending to recognise them Making them give you a name Pretending to recognise it And mm. then just going Kind of Sort of Oh yes I'm um, Didn't we Didn't we meet in Oh I don't know Weren't you Wasn't it at that Terrible chemsex party You know The one where the Pet raccoon got out And just Just really going hard On, on You know this person um, Likewise You can go with The sort of Surreal and abrupt I had a friend That would answer um, Answer nuisance calls But I'm sorry I can't take this now I've got a lot of Fruit bats to kill
2: Yes, no, my um, meaningless absurdity is a good one. My uncle mm. was once, um, someone phoned him up on his landline trying to sell him a mobile phone, and he's like, I'm sorry, I can't, I haven't got any arms, I can't use it. And <laughs> they were like, okay, and the call was over, so. Yeah.
0: We're People having. a credulous. We're having terrible localised proton decay over here, the phone's half gone already. Just sort I blame
2: the globular compounds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> can't talk now, on the run from the popo. Just, you know, you can go surreal. Mm. Alternatively, if you want to go weird, don't want to put... are willing to put a bit of effort into it, but want to make sure there's no follow-up, uh, my, my main suggestion would be to learn a minority language and mm-hmm. answer the phone in it. This is risky, because someone might speak that language. Now, the UK is full of fuck-lazy racists, so you probably would be fine with French, German, or Mandarin, or something. Like, the country is linguistically illiterate Philistines through and through. And I'm no better. I'd speak very shitty French. Um... Hey, we. du poo poo. D'accord. So a few languages you could consider that are sort of a little bit out there. Maybe not very many speakers. Quite a lot of speakers here. Seven million people in Africa, mm. Um But it's got lovely clicking sounds. Oh, beautiful. It sounds, it's going to sound kind of cool. Um, so you could learn to answer the phone in Horsa. Assuming you can master it. Um, Basque. Mm. Now, that has 700,000 fluent speakers-ish, give or take. Um, th- these numbers are mostly from Wikipedia. They're probably wrong. But it's a linguistic isolate. It's got no very obvious roots out to anything else. It's super weird. It's got so many X's, it's wonderful. Do you know what else has a lot of X's?
2: A lot of languages, and they all use them to mean different characters Mm. and sounds, but yes.
0: Maltese. Mm. 300,000 speakers. Funky Sicilian Arabic roots, Mm. but it's kind of creolised with bits of Italian.
2: And transliterated into Latin script as opposed to Arabic, yes.
0: Yeah, it's brilliant. 300,000 speakers, no one's going to call you on that.
2: I know one person who speaks Maltese, and so she'll make you a great tiramisu, but I'm probably not going to call her on the phone anytime. So, and is she going to be cold calling us? Almost oh, certainly not. She's busy making tiramisu.
1: Excellent, just non-stop. Yeah, it's churning no it out. No,
2: <laughs> why'd she come here? Welsh, 600,000 speakers, riskier in the UK, but mm. might also be useful. Could mm. buy you some, let, use some cred in, in Wales. Yeah, if you want to use the microwave, it is ping.
1: Poptyping. ping. Mm. Ambulances,
2: ambulance, is ambulance but with a W in the middle. My
0: personal recommendation, however, would be Icelandic. Mm. 300,000 native speakers. Several of them are in sort of basically... The, the sort of Icelandic-speaking diaspora is mostly to the rest of Scandinavia, where it's students that mm. have gone elsewhere to study. Very few speakers anywhere else. Almost no one else bothers to learn it is the thing. Such yogurt
2: though. The skier or whatever they however they pronounce it, the Icelandic sort of fermented yogurt. Yeah. I mean you could eat that without learning it. They'll ferment anything. It's a very small island, not much else to do, a lot of volcanoes.
1: Yeah, but when you're fermenting orcs then the seabird, not the fantasy goblin. Mm.
2: Important distinction.
1: But crucially,
0: the learner rates for Icelandic are very low outside of Iceland, mm-hmm. which means it's nice and safe and it's going to sound great. If you're really going to double down on that, um, there is, of course, Klingon. The American linguist um, Eric uh wrote a book in two thousand nine on invented languages and estimated there were perhaps thirty fluent conversational speakers of Klingon in the world.
2: That's vanishingly few, but I bet at least one of the works in the call center. Fuck.
0: So um, so yes, um, interestingly, Klingon also has um, very few pleasantries, so hello and most forms of greetings are just what do you want, which I believe is "Nuchneh."
2: A lot of rich blood soups mm. as well, really beautiful cuisine.
0: Yeah. So, that would be my, my suggestion, so if you want to go weird, is pick a language, maybe Klingon, answer the phone. Alternatively there's kindness or surrealism, take your pick.
2: I know what we'd pick. It's not
1: kindness. No. It's never kindness. No. How about you, my boy?
2: Well, I was less kind than you, I have to say. I started thinking about the root cause of the problem, and I think ultimately it's broadly society's fault that this yes. is happening. I mean, like, everything is society's fault. There's too many fucking baby boomers who think that butting into people's daily lives, calling up their phones is a reasonable thing to do, and they keep using it as a marketing tactic... We also don't have great job options for less experienced people who have Mm. fewer skills, so call centre stuff attracts basically anyone who can talk coherently whilst holding a phone or wearing a headset. Mm. I started thinking of this um, like a medieval battlefield, really. I'm imagining the sort of old knights of capitalism just loading their big catapults and ballista and whatever up with just sort of the human flesh of young graduates and throwing them across the field at you, their mortal enemy. That is how did right. a field direction? Yeah, through the medium of telecommunications. I did not say that this was a good metaphor. It really is one. Um... So I then thought, well, what lessons can we learn from the medieval battlefield when we're dealing with telemarketers and recruiters? And the answer was actually not really any. So I'm going to take a different approach. Mm. There's
1: very little siege warfare.
2: It's true, isn't it? I yeah. mean, they're trying to wear you, to some extent, somebody trying to wear you down by phoning yeah. you all the time is a little bit well, siege-like. the lead, lead, lead or...
1: qualification is a little like siege warfare. Yeah.
2: So I think instead we should take a slightly more modern approach so you're spending less of your time if you do this on the phone to idiots which gives you more time to generate income this is the fundamental principle of why we're doing it you use some of your surplus income to sponsor a recovering telemarketer so they will live together in a big call center type compound you pay 10 pounds a month and so do all of your friends and family and probably some other people it's going to be quite expensive this goes towards you know building facilities cost shiny suits links body spray the actual literal smell of fear those things will cost money uh, they sit with other recovering telemarketers. The first few hours, you put them in a room, they will just talk across each other loudly and brashly, trying to you know offer increasingly enticing and competitive deals to one another. It's heartbreaking. Dreadful. When their energy runs out, you know they're going to turn to pacing, weeping, moaning, maybe basic crafts involving office stationery. Hmm. You know, some snowflakes out of yeah. scissors and post-its, whatever. In the meantime, you will be piping propaganda all over the place about how phones are bad and no sensible person should ever use them if they try and pick up a phone. Not that there will be many in the centre, but a few strategically placed for education. Hmm. Hmm. They'll either get an electric shock or they'll get a recording in their mum's most disappointed and recriminating voice listing everything they've ever done wrong, whichever turns out to be cheaper. We've not tested it yet. I think
0: a lot of their mums would be quite disappointed and would do it for free.
2: Probably for free. That might be cheaper than electricity. Who knows? The goodwill, badwill of telemarketers' mothers. We, then, we repeat this process until they don't really ever want to ask you to buy anything over the phone anymore. I mean, ideally, they're not going to want to use a phone for a very long time, even for personal reasons. On the way out the door, you give them a choice between either their own bespoke messenger pigeon or a short semaphore course to cover their future communication needs. Now they can't use the phone. You're also going to want to give them like a gown or a bathrobe, assuming they've kind of torn the suits off each other by this point. It's not yeah. going to be pretty. There's going to be bleeding and scratches. You might want some iodine. Do you think the nails
1: are going to get through the polyester, though?
2: Given long enough and teeth involvement, I think there's a likely chance. Mm, so they will use their
1: teeth, they have to stop talking, though.
2: There's probably some stationery lying around, though. Yeah. That's true, so there's not much like. I mean, it would be good if we could also do rehabilitative skills, employment work, but that should, you know, also cost a lot of money. So ironically, Mm. at this point, you end up having to do a donation telethon yourself in order to raise money for it, which is a significant downside, but I still think the idea is fundamentally workable. After that, just fucking figure out how to scale it. Yeah,
0: and and I think what I like about this is once you've sort of released them into the wild, after all of that conditioning, some of them will become zealous. Some of them will become converts.
2: Yes, evangelists. If you see somebody talking about the evil of telecoms whilst huddled in a bathrobe holding a pigeon on the streets you know that they've been successfully treated but like bertrand yes like bertrand i thought he was just weird pigeon dude yeah i know you just thought he had a drinking problem but it's worse than that poor bertrand yeah nice pigeon though yeah just just let the pigeon a fiver yeah
0: sometimes do Mm.
2: good so yes that would be my solution i realize it has a lot of Logistical hurdles to overcome, but I believe in you. Yeah, it's um, it's a fun project as well. Mm, yeah, give you something to do when you're not on the phone all the time.
1: So, if they're going to waste your time, you should make some money out of it. Mm. Get your phone number to redirect to a premium rate line, which pays out to you. I'm not going to tell you how to do that, but it is possible. And then, since they're paying niche phone sex line, either you will somehow hit their fetish and keep them on the line long enough to make a dollar or the mad cheds mm. uh, as the kids call very it very
2: mad queso maximo
1: or cheds or you will scare them off and be able to carry on with your day
2: queso loco surely capicante
1: so whilst my my uh, suggestions here are to my mind ridiculous there is something out there for anyone, really.
0: Anyone can find love yeah. on a phone sex line.
1: Exactly. So To so Dave. To me, specifically to me. To you. So for those whose
0: fetish is not specifically your particular tones.
1: So why, why not try uh, a, a Yorkshire dominatrix? This is just someone who consistently tells you off for making a bad cup of tea and makes you make it again.
2: Calls you pet in both senses.
1: (laughs) That's a big coat. Yeah. Why not try a non-naughty nurse? You know? This is wholly inappropriate for the workplace.
2: So you really do need your medication?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know that there are cameras here, right? We do have cold showers, should you require it. Um bicycle repair shop.
2: Mmm, pumpy.
1: You've taken your bike out across the moors and it's filthy. You've overstretched your chain. Your chain's just too big. It's, it's a genuine hazard and you should get a new drive chain installed as soon as possible.
2: The state of your inner tubes.
1: Or what about the only phone sex line for North Sea fishermen? Specifically, a phone sex line yelled through... Squalls of rain and general nautical sounds. Peel back your sou'wester and Get below deck So I'm brushing the bottle right from your hair. Oh you set my compass true enough. Anything like that really. Just uh, just take your pick. Make make some money, have some fun.
2: Discover new things about yourself.
1: Do a series of regional accents if that's what if that's what helps. You
2: might find that you like it.
1: You might find that some recruitment agent likes it.
2: Your favorite Scouse phrases, that's a good one. I can tell you some of my favorite Scouse phrases if you'd like me to.
1: Okay, is there any way to make them suggestive?
2: The Blessed Virgin Mary in the aquarium? I mean, if you fuck him, her, sure.
1: Against which fish tank?
2: The big one that goes over the top of you like a tunnel. That's the most exciting one if you're a child, probably also an adult.
1: There'd be a rush to get on the bottom, though, so you could watch the sharks.
2: That's true. See if they follow you in copulation as animals will want to do at the mere suggestion. Radiophonic
1: workshop! So you've, you've got a lot of options is what we're saying here. You've got a lot of rich, frothy options to work with.
2: I really apologise to the people of the Northwest. Yes,
1: they've got other things to worry about. Yeah,
2: like decades of grinding poverty.
0: Yeah. A portfolio of suggestions, diverse in both its methodologies and its extent of racial sensitivity. A good fixing, I feel. And as with some of our best, one you can combine. You can run a sex line, you could use those proceeds to fund the rehabilitation centre. Mm. And you could work in any number of sales tactics, or just hang up on a few of the calls if you wanted to.
2: Oh, I mean scraps of empathy. Scraps of empathy is an option. Empathy is quite important in sex
0: work as well. Mm. A faculty you could develop for fun and profit. And as such, we bid you farewell. Once again, if you would like to receive such sterling advice, contact, we will fix you show at gmail.com Ta-ta, tender things.